Hello everyone and welcome back to Knowing Wheel episode 50. Yes, we're back. We've reached the half century. Get the party poppers out, I suppose, ready for this one today. But, as always, we return once more. The Australian Grand Prix this weekend. I'm back with Jamie183. How, how on earth are we doing, mate? I'm very good, yeah. Pretty pretty tired, still recovering from Sunday morning. Yeah. But there we go. And I'm also not at home, which... Isn't, yeah, you can probably tell already, since I'm literally holding my mic in my hand. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to going over the race. Although, I'm feeling quite disappointed, as probably you already know, seeing as who I support. But there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, was not the best weekend for Jamie. But that being said, yeah, we've got plenty to go through here today. Quickly, as always, though, just from me. All the links down below, of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, say hello. You know, if you don't want to see, apparently Jamie's looking very, very pale uh, in this episode <laughs> today. If you don't want to see that, you'd rather go watch us or listen to us only. Go check the links out on Spotify down below as well. We cannot thank you guys enough uh, for the continued support over there. I also just want to say, obviously, a quick shout out to F1 Merch. There'll be links to that down below as well. And then, of course, Bybit, the new channel sponsor as well. You know, if you're interested in checking that one out, I'll leave all the information down in the comments or down in the description below. Sorry, top line there. And, of course, there'll be a little bit on your screen at the moment sort of talking about that. But, yeah, as always, though, Jamie, Australia. Before we got into it, though, Sebastian Vettel, finally back. We, we mentioned this last week, didn't we? I yeah. personally sort of getting towards Wednesday, Thursday was getting a bit hyped about this. Actually, I thought maybe Seb is what Aston Martin need. How wrong you were! <laughs> Didn't, well, he, yeah, yeah, it was. It was nice having him back. Obviously, he was on quite good form in the press conferences and stuff. But especially yeah, after practice. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It kind of all went badly, basically immediately for him. Never really picked up. But yeah, it was alright to see him back. I mean. Neither of us are huge Seb fans. No, um, no. I, I respect that he was good like 10 years ago, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of a side swipe on him, maybe five years ago. We'll give him that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's nice having back. I don't see him sticking around at F1 for so much longer, so I'm sure his fans no. will be savouring this as it stands. Yeah, yeah. I think neither of us are particularly convinced Seb's going to be here for the long run, but yeah, but no, no striving back, you know, sort of having the proper grid back for the first time this year. Uh, of course, we also had the Australian track changes. That was highly anticipated heading into the weekend. We were obviously going to have to wait and see as to how that would pan out. Uh, pretty much immediately, though, after free practice, we went back to three DRS zones mm. rather than the four. I, I didn't actually know that until qualifying started, obviously, because I think it was announced, like, overnight in the UK. Um so yeah, I woke up for quali and it was like, oh, there's no DRS zone here anymore. Which I'm, I mean, I, I was quite like, happy about, to be honest. I don't think it would have been great to have cars running side by side into turn 11. Especially as the few times we did see that happen, it ended quite badly for a couple of drivers. Yes. Like, yeah. even without DRS. So if, if DRS was there and it was just encouraging people to go for dangerous moves, I think, yeah, something bad definitely could have happened with a very high speed corner if two cars are running side by side through there it might not have uh, ended too well for both of them so yeah three zones i think was quite all right we saw certainly more overtaking than usual in australia um so yeah it's it, i mean the cars worked pretty well in terms of following and yeah the track changes definitely i think helped yeah yeah exactly and i think we'll we'll discuss that more and more as the race went on but of course immediately then we mentioned sebastian vettel was back in his Aston Martin this weekend. Pretty much as soon as practice got going, though, that car broke down. Yeah. 
like he'll be drawing his lines back on his COVID test, I'm sure. But um, was it F- it was FP1, wasn't it? The car FP1, like immediately, basically broke down. I think before the race, he'd done something like 18 laps. Was it? Oh, yeah, that like, seems about right. Honestly, yeah, that seems was, high. But yeah, and like obviously he's not done the previous two races either. So yeah testing's all he's got and he did he miss a couple of testing days i can't remember i don't think he i did. don't think so no no but, i mean so, that was a month ago yeah that was a long time ago now so yeah obviously he's still gonna be getting scripts with this car and the car didn't help him out by yeah breaking down immediately um the motorbikes although the scooter pictures were very funny but, yes yeah yeah i saw people getting annoyed about like the fa giving her a fine but these drivers are paid millions. Like, who cares about, what was it, five grand or something? Five grand. Yeah. yeah. And he's euros <laughs> as like, well. It's literally pennies. Like, he will not care. I mean, Max no. got, what was it, for in Brazil? 50K, was it 50 grand? Wasn't it? He and said he'd rather didn't. just spent it on FIFA packs. Yeah. He did not care in his sliders. So that will literally be, like, not even scratching the surface with Seb. So, yeah, it's just the rules, isn't it? You can't you can't enter the track however long and it is he- after a session ends. Yeah, and then he also got investigated for speeding in the pit lane on that moped, didn't he? That would have been very... I don't know if he did get a fine for that, but that would be extremely so. funny. Yeah. Yeah. But um, still, imagine like speeding on a... On a moped, yeah. <laughs> on a moped. Hamilton needs That's to be so careful funny. on his e-scooters, doesn't he now? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, Seb's bad weekend though, obviously. Then meant he was out of FP2, couldn't do any running there because the team were having to put a whole fresh engine in. And then very early on in FP3, he went and binned it again at turn 10. Yeah. And it was just yeah. like it was all falling apart, like before the weekend had even started. Yeah, and it was... Yeah, so they barely... They wouldn't have got it fixed for Q1. But no, hopefully... No. Yeah, there was a helpful red flag in Q1 that we'll get onto later. But mainly, well, they also couldn't get it fixed because helpfully they're the other driver... Uh, for the team also binned it in fp3 on his own <laughs> yes so yeah. they it's so rare that anyone crashes from any team in fp3 or it doesn't happen too often throughout the season and it happened for the same team on the same race weekend so they had two cars to fix in like three hours so it felt a bit for aston martin i'm sure the mechanics weren't best pleased when they literally like worked their uh, fingers to the bone getting both cars fixed and then one of them crashed in Q1 and one of them crashed in the race. So, yeah, plenty of spare parts needed for Aston this weekend, but there we go. Yeah, and I mean, obviously we'll talk more about where they stand overall when we do a bit of a season round or like a first season roundup later on in the campaign. But Aston Martin are just not looking anywhere near sort of giving... I, mean, I think, let's be fair, now every team at some point this year has given us some semblance of confidence and... Apart from Aston Martin, there's been yeah, none yeah. of that still, there's really, no, from them. There's no light at the end of the tunnel as it stands, I don't think. No, no, exactly. Uh, we all though, also saw, though, quickly as we run through the rest of free practice, Hamilton almost did a lance stroll, but just about kept it out of the wall. And then Ferrari, just all weekend long, weren't they, were looking completely in control. Apart from Lando Norris, went fastest in FP3. Yeah, I woke up to that. Seeing McLaren back on top was a bit weird um, after their performance in the Middle East to start of the season, but yeah, it was quite nice to see him back. I'm sure we'll get into it more later. Yes, yeah, Leclerc yeah. seemed Leclerc seemed very much on it this weekend specifically. Exactly, exactly. Um, then we move into qualifying, and probably the most controversial and weirdest slash stupidest moment of the entire weekend, wasn't it, Jamie? Yeah, definitely. 
it was so strange the end of end of q1 um was it no it was about midway through wasn't it there was about two or three minutes left eight afterwards. minutes left of the session eight minutes fair um yeah latifi and stroll who in my opinion two of the weaker drivers on the grid probably definitely two of the bottom five maybe two of the bottom three but yeah yeah they they completely <laughs> made a right hash of it really the, what was it down towards turn between turn four and turn five latifi gets out of the way of stroll thinking he's on a quick lap which he isn't um latifi also gets out of the way very unorthodoxly and just like pulls completely off to the left hand side pretty much into the barrier like off completely off the racing line and then towards the racing line by the time yeah. stroll gets to him and then stroll went past latifi's like oh he's not on a quick lap i guess i'll go past him again then because why wouldn't you and then stroll doesn't see him come in and completely sideswiped effectively Latifi. Very similar to what he did in Sepang 2017 on the cooldown lap with Vettel. Um, but yeah, Stroll, just complete lack of awareness. Latifi was a bit like it wasn't the best like decision, I don't think, to go down the inside there really, but it was definitely on Stroll, this one. Yeah. Uh, but Latifi, that's, that's what, four cars that he's crashed in three re- race weekends? Yeah, it's Which, it's not looking good so yeah. far this year for Latifi. He's going to be right up there on the damage costs. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, it was but... just such a stupid moment, wasn't it? It was just unnecessary. It's like neither of you have much of a shot of getting out of Q1. No. At least get through it without crashing. I don't even think Latifi had set a time. No, he, he hadn't. Might, like, I don't think. It's like, how hard can it be just to not run into each other? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. yeah. And I mean, there was all these talks, wasn't there, that, you know, perhaps Stroll was trying to get out of the way of the Alfa Romeo that was also apparently on a quick lap and then wasn't. Which he wasn't, yeah. No, so I don't know, that's why, why then Latif... It just none of it made any sense, didn't it? It was just bizarre, pointless, and yeah. idiotic. Probably most great... on the side of Lance Stroll, but not yeah. great by either of them. There's a great video on Reddit of... I think it was 22 times that Stroll has... 14, yeah, no, I've seen that. It's like a 15-minute video, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) of, like, Stroll blocking people or driving into people or turning into people who did not realize they're there. It's it's a bit of a common occurrence. Like, just use your mirrors or... I mean, I guess it's a bit on the team as well because, obviously, drivers, the mirror visibility is not great. So you kind of got to be told when cars are behind you. But it's just overtaking him. Yeah, I guess. I don't even know. It's... Yeah, I think, yeah, the more yeah. we try to make sense of it, the less sense it makes, doesn't it? It's just yeah. idiotic by Lance and Latifi there. But, yeah, that meant they joined their teammates and Kevin Magnussen out in Q1. A bit gutting to see Haas nowhere near mm. where we've sort of seen him earlier on this year. Yeah, it was a weird one. I I think they put it down to, like, not setting the car up right, but yeah. setup doesn't cost you, like, eight tenths, usually, or something like that. Like, they were a Depends how badly you set it up, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, but they, I don't know if, like, maybe their car's super suited to, like, the tracks like Jeddah and Bahrain, but Australia is not that dissimilar to those tracks, really, now with all the straights. No, no, exactly. It was a weird one, but yeah, definitely not on the pace. I think it was also impacted by the likes of McLaren and uh, Alpine really strong this weekend. Yeah, this is the other thing, wasn't it? You know, we've sort of seen both Alpha and Haas have these sort of glory runs at the start of the year, but now we're starting to see the other teams you'd expect to be ahead of them, more of them than being ahead of them. Um, But yeah, I'm just already getting a little bit worried, you know, that we're starting to see the hass of like 2016 and 2018, 2019, 
But they start the year really strong and then just immediately go backwards. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll score more points. Like, there's no doubt about that. But I just think... I'm not convinced it'll be many. Oh, I think it... Like, if you think about 2016, I think it was, what Grosjean started the year with a sixth and a fifth and then kept picking up points here and there in the odd race. But I think that's kind of what we can expect now rather than, like, consistent Q3 appearances and consistent points. Yeah, Which is kind of not a good sign since that's kind of how this whole spiral into turmoil started was just mass inconsistency basically well it just makes no sense does it yeah how can they build such a fast car for the first two weekends of the year and then immediately just forget everything about it yeah even 2019 australia magnuson scored seventh in the first race and And then austria they did really well that year yeah and then the rest of the time they were just going backwards it's like it's like a fundamental misunderstanding of what a car is which is quite (laughs) useful (laughs) so yeah hopefully they pick it up for their sake but i think we can get used to seeing more times them not scoring points than they are scoring points yeah yeah this was then followed up at the end of q1 with alvin getting disqualified which (laughs) was not good for my fantasy team i must admit did not help me after we stopped recording last week we were having a chat about uh i had a quick look at down the rules and the scoring system for fantasy and we were like Oh, if you get disqualified, you get minus ten points. That's that's weird because no one ever gets disqualified. Yeah, and I might Matt's have got said. a driver in his team. <laughs> yeah, I went and go, went and put Alvin in my team, and he immediately goes and gets disqualified. But you know, we'll, we'll discuss F1 fantasy a bit further on in the video. Moving into Q2, though, Jamie, no major surprises there was. I guess the only sort of real talking point was Bottas's 102 qualifying Q3 appearances came to an end. Yeah, and that's definitely a record that will stand for a while, you imagine? Yes. Well, yeah. they're saying that. I, I, I bet, I know Max won't be on a good run, will he? Because he had engine pens and stuff last year. Yeah. So, yeah, with the likes of power unit changes and all that, and inconsistencies now and how competitive the grid is, it's hard to see that getting beaten for a long while. But fair play, Valtteri. Every single race of Mercedes. Yeah, and which is mad. The first two races of Alfa Romeo, which is crazy. And even if... Like interestingly, the one from Abu Dhabi, twenty sixteen, he went, he qualified eleventh. Before that, he was got Q three like every race that season, pretty much. So, so yeah, this three, could have easily been like one hundred and thirty yeah. races. Yeah, but yeah, there we go. Good run. It's all over. Um, it's all over. Up, yeah, he can start a new run next next race in a, in Q three once again. Well, that's yeah. sprint quality, isn't it? But I guess yes, and it's not next week. Oh yeah, two weeks time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was then both Alphas, both Alpha Towers, and Mick Schumacher out in Q two. He did a good job actually. Return yeah. going ahead of K Mag. Yeah, yeah, K Mag. I think was feeling a bit off it. Uh, yeah, he was ill this weekend. I had forgot about that. To be fair. Um, then we get into Q three, Jamie, and things immediately get spicy. Now I was at work when qualifying was going on, so I didn't yep. quite sort of get the full picture of this. But Fernando Alonso was looking like he might cause the upset of the year. El Plan, they've been looking strong throughout yeah. all of practice. He goes green in sector one, mere thousands off of Charles Leclerc's best time. He goes purple in sector two. They cut. They say Fernando Alonso was on an absolute flyer and immediately <laughs> cut to him in the wall. Yes, and it was um, a very painful for someone as a Fernando Alonso owner in fantasy. <laughs> yes. Again, we'll get onto that later. Um, but yeah, I don't think he would have got pole no personally. no but he could I have easily all... been fourth or fifth yeah he could have been top five for sure well i think yeah all the way through qualifying the alpine he was going consistently close to purple in the middle sector the straight speed of it was mad 
and obviously the middle sector is just it's not even one it's, proper it's, breaking it's not zone even anymore one is breaking it zone. it's what turn six till turn 11 just before yeah. turn 11 so it's yeah. basically just flat so and that's where the alpine's always been really good at really high-end engine power yeah, isn't yeah. it yeah like monza a couple of years ago they were fourth fifth wasn't it with ricardo and hulk yes so yeah yeah they've always been pretty good at very very top end speed but i don't think he got pole i think he no. probably could have got top four at a push um, yeah this is yeah this is the weird got. thing isn't it because he could have probably got top four but then Sainz would have probably gone faster than him because there was no red flag yeah, so yeah, alonso Sainz would have probably been fifth sensibly yeah. um I, I couldn't see him getting ahead of a ferrari or red bull in no circumstances, no but really. he, he could have been fairly close i think because ferrari yeah. were rapid even in comparison to red bull through that final sector yeah, weren't yeah. they they seemed to be able to hang on down the straights elsewhere and then had way more through the final twisty bit. But yeah, yeah Sainz, like we said, though, got completely screwed by Alonso binning it. Of course, couldn't get his first Q, uh, qualifying running, which would have probably netted him P4 overall uh, at the very worst. Yeah, uh, least, And yeah. then completely bottled his final two runs or his final run. He also, he was kind of unfortunate. I see people saying it bottled it in Q3, like the end of Q3, which is technically true. But also all, all race, all, all qualifying long, Ferraris were doing two warm-up laps to get the tyres into the window. Yeah. And then the end of Q3, they didn't have time because of the red flag. So, yeah, he couldn't... Or was it not? Maybe there was a mechanical problem, wasn't there? They couldn't get him out there as soon as he wanted. Yeah. So he didn't have time to do two warm-up laps. Therefore, the tyres were not in the window. Obviously, it was still... He should have done better than ninth. But I think when he's putting that much pressure on himself and he's got very highly compromised, no no backup plan because his first lap didn't count yeah it was all it was very unlucky for science but it sort of got away from him and there wasn't much he could do really no no exactly and of course we'll we'll discuss in a moment just how much worse science's weekend got uh but that meant leclerc set a storming lap on his final q3 run their only man down into the 117s three tenths clear of max verstappen for the pole there was sergio perez in p3 lando norris though special shout out to him McLaren, nowhere in the first two races of the year, suddenly put the cars fourth and seventh. Was it not fourth and sixth? Or was Russell ahead of Ricardo? Russell was, it was definitely both Mercs together. Okay. Yeah. It was incredible. Incredibly good form from McLaren. Like, right there with Mercedes, especially in quality pace. I don't think in the race they had much of a chance with Mercedes. But, yeah, easily fourth fastest over the race weekend. Like, yeah. that's kind of where they want to be at the very least, at the start of the season. And it looked like they were going to be like 8th, ninth in, in Bahrain especially. But yeah, it was nice to see him back. Although it does, yeah, it kind of pushes other teams back down, which you kind of like, like we like the novelty of seeing Alpha and Haas right up there, but I don't think that'll continue for... It was never going like, to last, was it? was never going to last forever, was it? With the likes of McLaren and Alpine coming back. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But yeah, that meant though, to be honest, Jamie, I sort of looked at the end of qualifying and I thought my predictions for the race were looking pretty tasty, to be honest, because I thought, well, Red Bull are just going to be able to outstrap Leclerc because he's going to be there yeah. by himself. But yeah, I was completely, uh, I was completely confident of a Max win when I woke up on Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, and no, I think, to be honest, I well, like we both predicted Max to win the Grand Prix, yeah, yeah. as we'll discuss in a moment. Both got that very, very wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I think we were set up though for an interesting Australian Grand Prix. Um, of course, we get down to it. Off the start, Charlotte leads away from pole. Sainz, though, even more issues. After a terrible qualifying session, an awful start. 
But there was fair reasoning behind it, wasn't there? Yeah. Was it last minute steering wheel got changed, didn't it? So didn't have the start settings correct on the new wheel. Um, yeah. So, yeah, didn't get a great launch. Dropped, I think, three or four places just yes. before turn one. And then throughout the lap, he just kept finding himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Just getting shuffled down the order. I think he was down to 15th or 14th by the end 14th, of lap one. 14th, yeah, at the end of lap like one. Like between Joe and Schumacher, which is, yeah, not where a Ferrari should be on the end of lap no. one. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. And he was on the hard as well, which didn't help because the warm-up yes. was obviously worse. But yeah, it all kind of fell away from science. Um what was happening that one? Well, neither neither Alfa Romeo uh, stalled, which was nice for me. Yeah, a, a um, shock change. Yeah. <laughs> Although the starts weren't brilliant from either of them, but they weren't terrible, which is an improvement. So we go from there. Um, I think Bottas was running just maybe 10th or 11th at the end of lap one, and Joe was, what, 14th, 15th-ish? Something 13th, like that. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Just ahead of science. Oh, yeah, just ahead of science, wasn't he? So, yeah, it wasn't race over by the end of lap one, which was nice. So... Uh, yeah, and then the only other real talking point, Hamilton got up to third yep. on this on the start. Um, obviously, Norris got a really bad start. I think uh, Hamilton jumped in immediately, and then Checo Perez had to kind of jump out the way of Max a little bit. Um, he yeah. saw him get a bit of a run down the outside. Hamilton also braked super late, to be fair, but Checo was not taking any risks with the back end of his teammate. Uh, so he got on the brakes a bit early. Hamilton got down the inside, um, but I think that wasn't didn't make much of a difference in the end because the pace of Red Bull was quite comfortably ahead of the Mercedes this race. Yeah, uh, as it has yeah. been all season, really. But it seemed to me like an unnecessarily aggressive move from Verstappen at the start. I mean, let's be fair; we all know Perez is Verstappen's just right hand man, isn't he? But yeah, yeah. I just wonder, you know, whether had they not done that right at the start, had Verstappen not been that aggressive, you know, Perez has been fast this year. He's been right there with Max on pace. What are you? What do you think was aggressive about it? I don't think it was that bad. Well, he came across Sergio's nose. Sergio had to lift out, otherwise they would have come together. He was still alongside him. I don't know. I think it was effectively like front wing to rear tire, wasn't it? Oh but yeah. It wasn't really a wedge. Like Max left him space. It was just Checo didn't. There's no. Well, Max was Max was forcing Checo to back out. There was, yeah, yeah. If Checo had carried on foot to the floor, they would have come together. And I just wonder sort of whether. At the start of a Grand Prix where you're, it is two of you versus one of them, you know, had Perez been ahead of Hamilton still, whether they could have done something more against yeah, Charles Leclerc. More options, yeah, because Perez is yeah. kind of out of the win fight straight away. Exactly, So I exactly. guess, yeah, keep your options open if you have Checo there, don't you? Yeah, but obviously not the most chaotic start of the world. I mean, we've seen a lot of drama at Albert Park yeah. on turn one, lap one, or even down at turn three as well. It wasn't long, though, before things started kicking off, was it, Jamie? Just lap no. two. Yeah, and what we were saying earlier about the um, the run down to turn 11, Science got a great run. I mean, obviously, you will do with the straight-on speed of the Ferrari versus, I want to say, Kevin Magnussen. It was. I think it was, yeah. Um, and, yeah, tried, like, tried going down the outside into turn 11, which was never really going to work, I don't think, especially not with DRS. Well, there's no DRS there at all, but this was before DRS was even active. Uh, in any sector so yeah i think he was a bit desperate if i'm honest in especially he was caught clutching at straws all race weekend after that red flag um in q2 in q3 yeah so yeah got on the grass because he took way too much speed and just couldn't get it slowed down and then couldn't put his dad's rallying credibility into action no and completely lost the car and spun into gravel um and couldn't get it going so it's out on lap two which it's pretty, yeah, it was a pretty bad error, I think, from science. And he's 
that's unfortunately for him as well. He'd scored points every race since the end of 2020 with McLaren. Yes. So yeah. That that has uh, that has now ended. Or yeah. not points, sorry. He finished 11th in France, didn't he, last year? But he'd finished. He'd finished, every yeah. He had a really good since, reliability record. I think, I think it was Spa 2020, if I'm right in saying that. That was really mm-hmm. early 2020 as well in the end, wasn't was it? it? Was it Mon- Spa no, it was... Was in Mugello. He crashed in Mugello, didn't he? So that was after. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, this super, was... super long streak. It was just odd from Science as well, because like you just mentioned there, yeah. he's had a really good reliability record recently. He hasn't. He's never been one that we've sort of thought of someone that makes sort of big mistakes like that anyway. Yeah, well, it he's just... known as what, a smooth operator, isn't he? Like, exactly. He just goes about it quietly. That was a bold move on lap two against a car you're not going to be fighting all race. And an uncharacteristic mistake on the grass as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, he was pretty far ahead of K-Mag, to be honest. Had he just tipped it in and given K-Mag the room on the inside, he probably it would have been a sloppy run yeah. off the exit of the corner, but he probably would have been able to defend from K-Mag down the next straight. Yeah, definitely. And it was just a bit weird. I think Science didn't really look himself like he was quite low in confidence, I think, after qualifying ninth. Yeah, um, qualified ninth. So, yeah. Awful start, you, wrong tyres. You can tell he's put way too much pressure on himself, almost like trying to get that first win. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like once he gets that, he'll almost be able to kick on. But by then, it's oh, it's already too late, I think, for the championship for him to be honest. But there's a long way to go, so I'm sure if I he, mean, say, yeah. if he won in Imola, then maybe he could kick on. But I just don't know. I mean, Charles Leclerc basically knew over the winter if Ferrari got a car that is capable. He's got to immediately bury Sainz first three races like he's done. Yeah. Ferrari would be stupid now to really try and work for Sainz ahead of Leclerc, I think, Yeah, yeah. over the course of the year. But it's not what Sainz needed. It's not what Ferrari needed either because they just can't handle that sort of unsettled. They, It's a pressure cooker over at Maranello. Yeah. And it's yeah. just not going to work long term there. So Sainz definitely needs a regroup, a refresh. You know, if he can have a solid, say for example, they got a one-two at Imola next week or next race out, that would be exactly what Sainz needs. You know, home race for Ferrari as well. Just sort of push this weekend completely behind you. Forget it happened. Reset, ready for then. I think he's he almost needs more than that. I feel like he he wants a weekend where he beats Leclerc on pace. He probably needs that as well. Was, like he he finished at Leclerc in the championship. Obviously Leclerc had. A lot of more Leclerc was very unlucky, wasn't he? Yeah. But we, we kind even, of pushed this narrative. Yeah. Sainz was, on certain races, the quicker Ferrari driver. And he hasn't mm. had that at all this year. No. So he needs he needs a race where he out-qualifies and outpaces Leclerc in the race, which on Leclerc's form, I don't really see happening anytime soon. But no, but Sainz you never know that. with the smooth operator, yeah, yeah. do you? Yeah. Um, moving on, though. Sort of, we had a safety car. Race slowly starts to unfold once again, uh, Charles Leclerc. Uh, dominates the way off the restart. Seb then on lap 11 almost bins it by himself. That was a bit of a scary moment, a lock-up down at the bottom of yeah. the hill. Um, but almost Hamilton did, almost Lance strolled it, but managed to get away with it. K-Mag then on lap 17, almost as a Carlos Sainz himself, after yeah. getting inspiration from the Spaniard trying to mug him around the outside, K-Mag tries it himself. Then yeah. we start to see the pit stops arrive. Yeah, and I think the gap at the front had opened up quite large. It was, what, eight or nine seconds? Seven, eight between, seconds, yeah. Yeah, between Verstappen and Leclerc at the front, which at that point, at the end of the first in, if you're 10 seconds behind, you're just there's not you're not going to win unless something no. strange happens. No. Like, even from there on, it, it was kind of, you could tell that 
it wasn't going to be another Bahrain under the Jeddah. Like, the Ferrari seemed to be the car in control this race. They just had it worked out, didn't they? Or at least Leclerc did, anyway. Um, I think Max had some front-left graining on the mediums as well, which didn't help at all. Like, yeah, potentially going a bit too fast to try and keep up with the Ferrari and then, yeah, sort of mess his tyres up. But he had to pit first out of the the front pack. Yes, yeah. Uh, I think Leclerc went, what, two or three laps longer? Obviously, there was no real threat of undercut. Um, so he didn't have to cover him straight away and he didn't so yeah status quo at the front although uh one of the uh, russell didn't pit straight away he well was running what lap 22 was when we, i think verstappen pit around lap 20 wasn't it we then saw yeah, some yeah. perez and hamilton pit lap 22 perez oh sorry perez must have pit lap 21 and i think hamilton was lap 22 we then see perez immediately get a run down the back straight from turn nine to a turn 11 past hamilton that yeah. Red Bull was fast down that straight yeah, and crashed yeah. into the Mercedes. And then suddenly we see yellow flags out. Yeah, it was a bit of a shame. It's, this is going to be a weird <laughs> weird stat for you. Or not stat, but little memory. 2010, Melbourne. Interestingly, I don't know if you remember it. Hamilton in a McLaren back then goes around the outside of Rosberg at turn 11 in a Mercedes. Uh, Do we mean Mercedes. new turn 11 or old turn 11? I mean the same corner that Perez overtook. Yes, yeah. So whichever one, that the, the fast left right chicane anyway. Yeah. Hamilton went running outside of Rosberg. Rosberg got a great switchback, was going to go past Hamilton down the, towards the next corner and then yellow flags came out because Sebastian Vettel had retired from the race. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. I thought that was quite cool. Hamilton again getting involved in an in a overtake there would have definitely got Perez I think down towards turn 13. And yes, the yellow flag yeah. because Seb's out. <laughs> it's like very weird coincidence, but yeah, unfortunate for Hamilton. Although, yeah, I don't think it would have been made much difference because the Red Bull was definitely faster. Yeah, so. yeah, but it did mean we got another safety car because Sebastian Vettel, unlike 2010 where he had a brake failure, didn't he? This yeah. time round, he decided to do his best uh, Kazuki Nakajima impression. Now that is a throwback yeah, for some of you newer Formula One fans. <laughs> yeah, 2009 uh, Australia, obviously. He did the exact same thing. Uh, a driver without much reputation got absolutely trounced by a very young Nico Rosberg for two years in Williams. Um, did that exact same mistake. Lit up the rear tyres on the exit curve at turn four and binned it into the wall. Lost his um, front wing. Seb does the exact same thing, which, yeah, I guess, I guess I get that the car's hard to, hard to control. It's a bit unpredictable, but a four-time champ, one of the statistical you top five of all time. Yeah. You don't, don't end know. up on that curb. You avoid yeah. that curb. And you. the thing is, as well, if you hit that curb, because I'm sure a lot of drivers did over the course of the weekend, you surely should know what to do in that situation. You Lift just off, get out the wide. throttle. Yeah. You either skate along the end of it and drop off the other side, or you try and just drag the car back off throttle. It was such yeah. a poor error by Sebastian Vettel. And I'm sorry, we completely agree the car isn't good. You should know how to avoid that situation happening. Yeah, it was a it was almost a rookie error. Like we saw, it was completely like Mazepin, Mazepin Schumacher last year did that countless times in a Haas that was probably more hard to drive than it, the Aston is this year. To be fair to them, but they're both rookies. They're going to crash cars. Like Seb is an experienced driver. He's in season 16, 17, I don't know of his F1 career. It's been a long time. He shouldn't be making errors like that. I'm sorry. But, no, no. I yeah. mean, again, like we said, neither of us are big Seb fans, but even as someone that isn't a Seb supporter, it's just frustrating, isn't it, now? Because yeah. 
neither of us want to see Seb do badly anymore, to be honest, no. because it's happens. Obviously, we both grew up in an era where Seb dominated the sport. And like a lot of people, yeah. you watch one driver dominate for too long. And unless you were already a fan of them, you're going to get you're going to get a bit bored. You want to start seeing them, you know, having these errors, everything like this, you know, sort of proving they're human, I think, is a lot of it for a lot of people, isn't it? Sort of proving, yeah, yeah. proving they make mistakes like yourself, but with Seb now, it's just depressing because it just it seems almost, to be the same thing just, over and over. And it almost takes—I don't know—it takes credibility away from those four championships. I think, like, yeah, yeah. Because we've seen this season, obviously, a much smaller sample size. But Hamilton is no longer driving a car capable of running races right now, and he's not stuffing it in the wall and spinning no. every two seconds. Like, I th- as a brilliant interview with. Fernando Alonso at the end of 2013. Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're referencing. And he says, like Alonso says of Seb, uh, one day he'll have a car the same as everyone else. And if he's still winning races, then fair enough, he's one of the greats. If he's suddenly making mistakes, like making errors, no longer like trouncing everyone like he was in 2013, especially the end of 2013. I think Alonso says these four championships will be bad news for Seb, <laughs> which yeah. I think is such a great quote because it, like, obviously we're not just trying to dunk on Seb for this whole podcast, but it was... He's probably yeah, the driver think, of the weekend. Him, Stroll and Latifi are the drivers you would dunk yeah. on, to be honest. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, four championships beating Mark Webber, who's an honest wins. guy. But yeah, he's, if you're looking at the top, certainly the top five, I would argue if you're looking at the top 10 statistical drivers in the sport seb is down there on weakest if you're actually ranking them on talent yes yeah but i mean it's a... getting to the point now isn't it where you're probably going to be comparing it to michael schumacher's return because let's be fair again both of us you know we appreciate completely just how good michael was back in his day but yeah. with the exception of probably a couple Two. of flashes of greatness yeah. in 2012 <laughs> He was pretty woeful. And in fact, on quite a few occasions, to be honest, quite dangerous on his return, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. I mean, I love Michael. He's, one of my, he's my goat. So, I will, yeah, but his comeback was not anywhere, anything like how good he was originally. Because the seven championship he had was a curse for him, unfortunately. Yeah. And you're never going to, like, once you're no longer, to win six, well, seven, if Seb's had four, Hamilton's had seven, like, to win those championships, you're going to have a dominant car. And one day you're no longer going to have the dominant car and you've got to show that they weren't a fluke. Yeah. And I think, to be fair to Michael, he did that in 05 and also 06 where he did very well. And 05 was a bit woeful, but he still had obviously everything about that. And even before he won his like five in a row, he was also performing a super high level. For oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Whereas Seb, Seb had that really good streak quite early in his career and for the rest of it, he's kind of been trying to trying to match up to it and it's just 2015 15 and 17 he was good 15 he was very good 17 he was on a top level until baku and that kind of was it from that there was on the he's start of the mistakes. downfall wasn't it yeah 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 um we'll move on from seb we'll get exactly yeah we, we've, we've gone down a rabbit hole today <laughs> haven't we like yeah. we often do um yeah, that though meant, like you said, though, George Russell hadn't pit yet. So when the safety car got deployed, he then managed to jump Checo and Lewis. So suddenly now we see Russell finding himself up in P3. Mick Schumacher then almost takes out Yuki Sonoda under the safety car. That was certainly a code brown moment. Yeah, that was dangerous. I don't know exactly how it happened, really. Because, like, Sonoda didn't seem to 
be that far from the car ahead of him. So no, it was almost no. like Schumacher had a lapse of concentration, but even so, yeah, it was very strange. Lucky there was no uh, the flying wheels or anything, because that would have been very nasty if they had come together, but luckily not, and then we got on with it. Yes, yeah. I mean, second restart, this was something I'd actually mentioned to my dad after the first one. I could not work out for the life of me why Leclerc was going out of the penultimate corner rather than going for it out of the final corner. I said that then on the second run as Leclerc almost completely lights up the rear tyres and then is yeah. immediately under a lot of pressure from Verstappen. I thought Max had had him. Like, I, as soon as I saw Leclerc slide, I was like, oh, is it is the opportunity, especially with the straight on speed at Red Bull, but the straight just wasn't quite long enough. And I think no. Leclerc covered the inside straight away. So going ready outside turn one is not an impossible um, with no DRS, especially in Australia. So yeah, Leclerc got away with one there, but it was the only real blot on his race. So fair yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. A small error like that, which ended up resulting yeah. in nothing anyway. Um, as sort of we get into the second half of the race, so things starting to calm. It's kind of weirdly calmed down, didn't it, Jamie? There was a yeah, lot yeah. going. There was a lot of close racing, but yeah, not really a lot was into, happening. Stroll was up into eighth with a weird strategy. Yes, uh, which yeah. involved pitting twice in two laps at the first safety car. Yeah. But other than that, he was kind of training up everyone behind him. Um, yeah, exactly. Defend- which... Driving quite dangerously, in my opinion. But yeah, there were a yeah. couple of occasions we probably ought to know. Uh, just before that, though, lap thirty-six, Russell's told by the team, you know, Checo's too fast, just let him by. Um, you know, we always hear Valtteri, it's James. I never thought we'd hear Valtteri. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, George, it's James. George, it's Checo. Um, oh no, George for another Checo, team. Yeah, yeah, it was all a bit strange, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Um, but then. Lap 39, Jamie. Talk us through it. <laughs> yeah, it was so sudden. It was like, it basically just, just cut to a Red Bull on the side of the track and it was Max. So, yeah, a bit annoying. Obviously, reliability issues happen. I'm glad it wasn't for the lead. Or oh, he wasn't leading at the time. Um, he had no real shot of winning. So, but yeah, it's it's peak times for Red Bull fans, isn't it? Like two and three races. Really? Yeah, like, after yeah. the reliability they showed last year with no real failures at all? Uh, Checo yeah. had a few. Yeah, but not... Yeah, for Max, it was it was all plain sailing, wasn't it? But Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, two and three races, it's a bit of a pill to swallow, but nothing yeah. Max can do about it. It's just a bit dead that he's sixth in the championship now. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, heartbreak for Max Verstappen once again there. Completely different issue to what it was in Bahrain, but obviously, again, yeah, another... fuel leak, apparently. Yes, yeah, fuel fuel leak and everything like which that. Hopefully, was... I don't think it damaged the engine, which is lucky because you know, he got is... it stopped pretty quickly. Yeah, which is the important thing there. But yeah, that was immediately after he gone fastest though as well. So there was all this speculation I saw online going, "Oh, did he break the car by trying to push for fastest lap?" That's one of like, your arguments for Palmer. That back in the day, Palmer <laughs> would often set fastest lap after fastest lap. There, <laughs> it was the car that was not good enough for the driver in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, then though like we said race is weirdly unfolding isn't it like we said we kind of didn't really know what was going on we had a few weird things we had Alex Albon who hadn't pit still for some reason yeah. I think he was waiting for Latifi to bin it and then get a free pit stop <laughs> that way it's a pretty safe bet right? like based on the first two race weekends that Latifi's going to crash at some point yeah but yeah yeah it was it was weird it, the second safety car did screw over the hard runners quite a lot I think Alonso as well was running fourth after the restart because yes. he hadn't pit yeah um it was just that bit too early wasn't it still it was bad timing yeah 
but yeah, Albon was running seventh with the two McLarens, fifth and sixth. Uh, yeah, it was it was weird because the top the top six there was no action at all really, um, and then all the action was Stroll driving like a bit of a maniac in the midfield well, and everyone trying to get yeah. around him. Lap 42, Stroll, let's be fair, basically rammed Val... Uh, obviously, you can't really ram Valtteri Bottas off the road because he kind of jumps out of the way, doesn't he? But It was on a restart from VSC. I think Bottas was caught napping and Stroll went down the inside when it went green. And Why Bottas was there a VSC? Why have I completely forgot this? For Max. For Max yes. Yeah, sorry, of course. Of course. I just wanted you to say it again. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Tears in my eyes. <laughs> Bottas kind of gets pushed off the road by Lance Stroll. Then, yeah, like you said, Stroll just be- kind of becomes a dick for the rest of the afternoon yeah, to people. Basically. But... And has no remorse about it. He got a penalty for weaving on Bottas. Yeah, he got a penalty then... for weaving on Bottas. But he just decides Alex Albon's now his best mate and he's going to completely yeah. make Albon, pro- let's be fair, probably make Albon's career, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> Albon will be harking home about his P10 in a Williams for the rest of his life. Well, exactly. because... Like, you had the likes of Gasly, Sonoda, uh, Joe, Bottas, like, less so, because Bottas got past yeah. okay quickly, but Magnussen, Schumacher, all of them would have beaten Albon and this had is Stroll the, not this, been there. Yeah, this was the thing as well that was so weird about Albon getting the points, because you looked at it with 10 laps to go, and he's coming out last still. He's going to come out behind still, the TV. Yeah, still behind the Hasses and, and the then TV. suddenly, lap 57 and 58, as Charles Leclerc is crossing the line, Alvin dives in, <laughs> goes onto a set of soft compound tyres. Of course, then none of the cars behind Leclerc can get Could him go. at all. Yeah, Even then, the penalty Stroll got didn't mean anything because all the cars behind him got yeah. lapped. <laughs> Stroll was the last car on the lead lap, wasn't he? Yes, so, yeah. So the five-second penalty yeah. meant nothing at all. Um, it Which just to, meant to Guan compensate Yu's... his three his three place penalty in quality also meant nothing because he qualified last. Yeah, it's like he got a three place penalty. Went from twentieth to nineteenth. Yes, yeah, because Albon got disqualified. Yeah, it just it was meant a very then, strange weekend. Guan Yu Zhou had one chance, didn't it, onto the final lap? Yeah. it was going to be now or never for more Formula One P10. points. And he didn't, unfortunately. No. But there he we go. Just lit up the throttle at Turn One. It was heartbreaking. Yeah, got a bit excited. But I think, but, let's be fair, Albon would have probably just about been able to stay ahead of him anyway. I think so. Especially with the softs versus, like, what, 30 lap old hards at that point. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other sort of talking point we had towards the end, of course, was Hamilton had a few sort of technical issues late on in the afternoon that meant I don't think he was probably going to jump George again, uh, but wasn't able to apply pressure like I think he wanted to. But yeah. that meant Charles Leclerc, his first ever Grand Slam in Formula One, which Grand Chelem, yeah, Grand Grand Chelem, um, which of course the race only deemed that a nine point oh rating. We're, we're going to bring that up. <laughs> um, that for me, let's be fair, nine and a half at least, wasn't it? The yeah, only well, the mistake is, he made was that restart, and even that didn't matter. Too fair, too fair to the race. They're fairly consistent in that. They, they gave Lando a nine point five last year for Russia. Yeah, but that was on. As much on the team as the driver, I thought. But yeah, they shouldn't have given nine point five then. But like, I understand they only give out tens when you have a faultless weekend. Yeah, like, I think Max yeah. got a ten in Zandvoort, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, a nine seems a bit harsh when you lead every it, lap. It should have been a nine point five, shouldn't it? Yeah, really? Yeah. That the was only pretty... mistake was that sliding out of the second restart. So, and even then, we probably wouldn't <laughs> realise that was a mistake if it hadn't happened on a restart. Yeah, was yeah. the other thing, wasn't it? Completely. Um. 
But that meant, yeah, Charles Leclerc dominated in the end, 20 seconds clear of Sergio Perez at the chequered flag. Russell P3 ahead of Hamilton and Lando Norris there. McLaren fifth and sixth there with Ricardo getting his first points of the year. Esteban Ocon, Valtteri Bottas, Pierre Gasly just missed out, actually. He bottled it, didn't he, with a couple of laps to go, uh, meant that Bottas obviously jumped Gasly. Yeah, yeah. So more points for Alfa Romeo there. And yeah, Alex Albon, first point of the year for Williams. Yeah, fair play. It was very much helped by Lance Stroll, but got to do what you got to do. Take exactly. the opportunity there, and he did. So yes. fair enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So looking at that then, Jamie, driver of the day. It was and why really, does it go it? to Charles Leclerc? Well, it's between Leclerc and Albert, really, isn't it? I would give it to Leclerc, though, because, yeah. like we said, Albert, his pace was good, but it was massively helped by the uh, by Stroll. So, yeah, Leclerc had everyone at arm's length, really, so fair. Exactly. Fair I think we've been proper boring so far and just given driving the day to the winner every race. But but to be fair, every time, they have they have deserved it, isn't it? Yeah, I think, you yeah. know, we, we might, if we start seeing Ferrari dominate, get a bit bored and kind of expect Leclerc to be winning these races. Um, yeah. Yeah, like you said, though, Albon definitely deserves a shout-out there. I also think, shout-out-wise again, Bottas had a very quiet but good afternoon. More points yeah, yeah, for from there, which was solid. Um, Stroll, I would, you know, looking at it on paper, 19th to 12th was pretty good <laughs> in that Aston Martin, but like we said, he was a tool all afternoon. Uh, so I don't yeah. think you can really give him anything there. Um, and yeah, just obviously Alonso being really unlucky to finish right at the back. After yeah, he had great a pace. race weekend of was, so much promise. Yeah, it's very unfortunate for Alonso, but yeah, That's... much like his career showed potential and then petered out. Yeah, lots of mistakes meant he gets screwed. Let's go <laughs> over then, Jamie. I feel happy finally talking about this for once. It's F1 fantasy time. Uh, I'm lagging a bit because my phone hotspot can't cope me trying to load up my fantasy team as well. But there we go. Oh! <laughs> Oh, oh! I'm feeling, I'm feeling happy this week about F1 fantasy. I'm not so much, but there we go. Uh, I think I remember my points on my team, so I'm not gonna bother loading it up. But there we, <laughs> we'll make sure to get it on the screen for you once again. Uh, are you still there, Matt? Are we I'm still, still here. I can hear you. There we go. Yeah, I think we're all good now. The connection's sorted itself out. Yeah, I didn't do great. I, I I'm gonna say unlucky. I think. I'm going to say yeah, well, not very clever. <laughs> what, picking Verstappen and Alonso, the two fastest drivers for their teams this race weekend? And both of them, well, 17th and 19th come the end of the race. Yeah. Your fault, mate. It was quite unlucky. Yeah, I should have, should have known that Perez is going to beat Verstappen, shouldn't I? Yeah, I think I would, what, 140? 140? It was 144 or something like that. I, I didn't remember. I didn't realise you could score that little. Uh, I think it, actually, I'm, I'm going to try and save your bacon here. I thought you got 150 odd because you sent me a picture this morning. You got 156 did, yeah. in all fairness. Okay, that's not too bad. That's not no. too bad. Although all those points came from Ferrari and Leclerc Turbo. Yes. So. Yeah. That also cannot be understated. Uh, yeah. I, Jamie, 221. Yeah, you smashed it. I reckon I... that's right up there with like best. I'm like going to have to have a look in a yet. minute. That has got to be right up there for pretty much a theoretical max. Because I had look, I had all the podium. I had yeah. Ferrari. I also had, of course, Alwyn who had a brilliant recovery. But because he got DQ'd, only scored me five <laughs> points. 
Uh, and then K-Mag as well, who had a quiet afternoon and probably could have done a little bit more. Um, yeah. Let's have a look then over at the league. Sorry, I've just got to try and find the league again. Uh, I don't You'll know. Where... Do it on your own this time because my... I, I don't know where the league's gone, Jamie. It's, it's disappeared. Oh, here we go. Um, I don't know how I forgot that. 4,315 of you now. That is just insane. Where are you up to, out of curiosity? Uh, I am. Where am I now, actually? Uh, wh why? Do you know where you are? I think I know where I am. Or roughly. I can see the ballpark. Oh! I'm back inside the top 1,000, Jamie! 940th! Oh, Okay, I'm still ahead. It's all good. How I many think points I'm have you got? I don't know. I can't look it up. My internet oh. will not let me. <laughs> I'm on 586 points after I this weekend. I can't be much more than that. I'm yeah. about 100 places ahead of you, so I must be quite similar. Let's have a look quickly at um, the top, top from possible... Australia. No, let's go top maximum score from Australia, first of all. That's what I want to find out. See how close I must have been to that. So, the best possible team, then, uh, was Megan Leclerc. Fair enough. Perez Turboed. Uh, Bottas, yeah. Schumacher, Ocon, Mercedes. Oh, yeah, Mercedes oh, got yeah. the most points for a team, didn't they? I mean, that's yeah, a science, wild think, team yeah. to go with. Why not if you keep Mercedes in there with that much money? But clearly it's worked out yeah. for you. Um, but, yeah, looking, though, at our league, then, if it wants to let me go back to it. Yeah, 4,300 of you now, obviously. If you want to get involved, there is links everywhere on my channel still. I'm always plugging the link. <laughs> Top so far, then. Let's let's actually do a quick shout-out to our Australian Grand Prix. F1 Keon, who I see a lot around the channel. Uh, 302 points there with a team of Leclerc Turbo, Russell Mega Driver. That was an interesting gamble. Wow. Uh, Ferrari, Perez, Bottas, and K-Mag. So pretty much the same team as me. Um, Caden B in P2 there, 296 points. Aldo D in P3 there were 288. And then the rest of our top 10 was Tony, Marius, Pat, Tom, Alexandra, Dave, and Justin, as well as Dan S all tied in P9. I came, Jamie, this week. Let's have a look here, sorry. Just one second. I came 150th. That's not bad. That without using my mega. That's pretty good. That would have been You're probably, probably close top. to top 100. Yeah. Because everyone inside well, the top 20 used their mega. Yeah, so I would have been about I, 120th. I, I do kind of think that long term my team will score more than yours. And you got quite lucky this race for Perez and Russell to both beat their teammates. Kind of by luck. Eh. But I think go. I've smashed it, personally. You have smashed it, but we'll see. We'll see in Imola. Exactly, exactly, we will. Top 10 overall, though, currently in the league, then. It's currently Krista out on top there with 769 points, ahead of Aline on 756. Joe in 755 there, ahead of Ray T. Krista's in P5, ahead of Willem, Andrea M, Tay B, Ricardo B, and then Caleb C with 731 there. So massive congratulations to our top 10 after this week uh of course let me know down in the comments below how well you got on as well you know let me know if you beat 221 or let me know just how much you beat 156 points by uh <laughs> in this week's running moving on though over to our personal little bet then jamie unfortunately i didn't do as quite well in our predictions recap did i no i got pretty lucky i'm fair i'll i'll take that uh take that up on myself because i put rebel one two with Leclerc third, which obviously you got the didn't two. Happen. 
well, yeah. So I got Perez bang on by complete luck. Um, and obviously Leclerc on the podium, which is where he was on the podium. So I got three points overall with obviously pole position was incorrect with Verstappen. Uh, and uh, you put, uh, what, same as me, apart from you had... Verstappen. I had Leclerc and Verstappen the other way around, which screwed me no, in Leclerc the end. Leclerc and Perez the other way around. So Sorry, yes, Verstappen. yeah. Even. Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez was your top three, which you got one out of three. No, two out of three. Sorry, two Perez, out of three, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got two So I've extended my one. lead by one. Yeah, ten so versus eight. So you overall scores. Ten, eight. Nice. So Jamie's so a long way up... to go, obviously. Yeah, Jamie's building up a little bit of an advantage at the moment, but I'm sure... I'm sure I will close back down over the next few weeks then. Of course, next week out there, we'll do all our predictions and preview for Imola. Of course, really, really looking forward to being there, but I'll discuss that more next week. Last major question then, I think, Jamie. A race rating out of 10. Out of 10, I'm pretty sure, just for some scale, I think I gave the first two both eights. Yes, yeah. So I'd go for a six. It wasn't terrible, but... I, I would definitely rather watch the other two. Yeah, I hate the fact we both know wheels so well that every week I want to give <laughs> exactly the same score as you. I will also give it a six. Um, I think, you know, on paper, looked like quite an exciting race. I think we know some of the track changes at Australia have kind of worked, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a better Melbourne race for action than we've seen in the past few times we've been there. Yeah, yeah. Nice as well, obviously, of course. It's such a weird feeling, isn't it? I know we mentioned it. The fact that, you know, we, we categorise this race as quite weird because there was a lot of close racing, but not a huge amount of stuff happening. That's what modern Formula 1 is. Obviously, we're hoping there's going to be a lot of stuff happening a lot, but cars being close together is kind of what yeah, we're yeah. hoping now and kind of what, obviously, they're was, aiming for in Formula 1. There now. was a harrowing stat they gave on the commentary in the race that was like, they were going through a number of overtakes in previous races, and in 2017, yeah. there were two, two on-track two, yeah. passes. And Alba- both of them, I can... Re- both yeah. of them were on Alonso. It was Hulk and Ocon. Both went past him in one go. Yes, yeah, three wide, weren't they? Down into T1. Yeah. Um, so, like, that was it. Yeah. And compared to that, we got way more action. So, it's all right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, Albert Park, I think, prior to this season, of course, throughout the Turbo Hybrid era, had averaged the third least overtakes of any Grand Prix on average. Yeah. Only behind Monaco and... I'd want to guess Singapore, maybe, but I'm not sure. I don't think Singapore, because obviously 2017 was carnage. Oh, yeah. This thing, you've got to try and find a race that's just dead most years. I want to say Spain. I think, sensibly, yeah. Spain is yeah, probably a likely shout. Yeah. Um, but, but it definitely improved the track. Exactly, exactly. So. It was a good change. Uh, the fourth DRS zone, not sure, you know, maybe that would have allowed either Stroll to get overtaken more or he would have barged cars into a wall. Uh, so we'll wait and see about that one. But it does now mean every team but Aston Martin has got points on the board, doesn't it? Yeah, and Aston haven't been too far from getting points. I don't know if they've got the whole season pointless, to be honest. I I can't imagine so. No. I uh, In many I ways, I Williams. hope they don't. Yeah, it'd be nice to see everyone score. Um, I don't see Williams being in there regularly. I think Albon got fairly lucky this race but yeah yeah play to him. but I, I don't think we'll see aston martin being there fairly often no, either to be honest that's yeah, true <laughs> um but yeah nice to see mclaren though back where we kind of expected them to be wasn't it whether that's yeah. gonna occur a bit more or not we'll have to wait and see over the next so few races a certain member of his podcast predictions i don't think it'll be yeah. Mercedes anytime soon or Red Bull, sorry, wasn't it? Yeah, but thought. I mean, to be fair, if I'm only one out with those two, if, I mean, my top two, I think, are pretty bang on, aren't they? Like, a lot of mine aren't that far out. 
Mine's looking quite quite good, especially the old Alfa Romeo pick, which I got slated for. Yeah, yeah, no, but <laughs> there's plenty of time for them to fall down the order. Yeah, that's so true. Give it, give it time, Jamie. But give it time. I'm backing myself. Um, if I picked one of us to be most right, I would think I'm winning. Yeah, yeah at the moment go. I think you are. But then again, I beat you last year, mainly because Ferrari yeah. then suddenly edged out McLaren late on in the game. Yeah. But that's how these things go sometimes. Anything else yeah. to add from you, though, Jamie? I don't think so. I think that's about no, everything. I think we have pretty much gone through everything this week, haven't we? It was a weird week where it felt like there was a lot of stuff to go through, but you know, a lot of speculation now moves towards Imola, doesn't it? Next time round, uh, sprint yeah. racing back, Formula Two, Formula Three. I've got an action-packed weekend in Imola. I'm really, really excited yeah. for it. Um, but like we said, though, we'll talk about that a whole lot more next week. So yeah, unless there's anything else to add from you, Jamie. No. No. All, yeah, leave all your thoughts on the race in the comments, all that. Exactly, all that all that good stuff. But as always, though, a massive thank you to all of you guys for the continued support on the channel. We've smashed through now 42,000 subscribers. Every week, I feel like we do one of these podcasts. <laughs> I thank you guys for another milestone. We're now well on our way to 43k as well, which is just stupid uh, at the moment. Like I said, though, links to Bybit, links to the F1 merch store, links to the Spotify as well. Everything will be down below. Manscaped as well, if you want to go check that out. And we'll be back next week then, ready to preview the Emilia. Is it Emilia Romagna still, Jamie? I think it yes, is, isn't it? I think so. We're back once more then, previewing the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix.